This is episode 228 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Control and Compound Financial. They teach real estate investors how to multiply their wealth using infinite banking strategies. For a complimentary wealth coaching session or to learn more, visit www.controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines. Welcome back to the show. Today I have Jesse Bobrowski on the show and he is a lender from Alberta. He also does some lending here in Ontario and he's invested in the fund that he lends through. So the reason I wanted to have Jesse on the show is it's a little bit of a different take on investing in real estate. Rather than investing directly in real estate, he's indirectly investing in mortgages and uh, basically getting his return that way. So he talks about his fund, which has existed since the 70s. Uh, they were helping flippers out in Calgary, Alberta, and uh, they've basically had their own uh, source or their own pool of investors to fund it. And then they actually are securing mortgages in both Ontario and Canada with the specific niche of helping flippers. And that's how I originally found out about Jesse is he was funding mortgages from people in the province. He was working with different mortgage brokers I knew from around here. He reached out to me and I thought, hey, that's uh, that's an interesting change of pace. So I decided to have him on the show. Uh, that's his angle. He's invested in real estate that way. Just before we get into the episode, I want to remind you about our sister channel, REI Hot Seat. And that's the channel where we get on weekly, myself and Jacob Campanero as resident realtor, and we break down real on-market deals, off-market deals. Uh, stuff that we've recently done, but usually stuff that's real and available, possibly with one of Jake's clients, because Jake gets a lot of off-market deals. So if this is something you're interested in knowing more about, if you're interested in knowing more about how we break down the numbers, how I look at the numbers on a deal, and hearing discussions about how Jake and I would make these commercial multifamily deals work, definitely tune into that channel. The link is in the description below. And I'll also remind you of the GTA West REI meetup, which is happening monthly. Make sure you're part of our Facebook Facebook group so that you can join and network with like-minded investors. Okay, with that being said, let's jump into the episode with Jesse Bobrowski. Welcome back to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Jesse Bobrowski. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Did Hang I get on. that right? All right. Yeah, he's here on the show with me, uh, distance style. We don't often do uh, Zoom sessions on this podcast, but uh, uh, Jesse, thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. And thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you know, we, we were trying to work this out because you're far away. And uh, every time you were in Ontario, <laughs> I was not available. So um, we're doing the distance session with a little uh, hint of technology here and uh, hoping it all turns out nice. So, uh, Jesse, one of the reasons your name came up uh, and I wanted to have you on the show is to talk about what you're doing from a private lending standpoint. Um, my understanding is is that uh, Cal is Calvert Mortgages, right? Uh, Calvert Home Mortgage. Calvert, Calvert Home Mortgage. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your company? Yeah. Um, we are a mortgage investment corporation. Um, so uh, we are a mortgage investment corporation is essentially um, a structure set up by the CRA. Um, we have some certain rules on minimum number of shareholders. And most importantly, what we lend on um, has to be at least 50% residential Canadian real estate um, and also how we're taxed. So we are we are not taxed as a corporation. Um, all of our revenue flows through to our shareholders on an annual basis, and then they are taxed um, as interest income. Um, but 
but our company, what 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 we do, what we specialize in is short-term residential lending. Um, we see a big need for it in that it's not the favorite loans of banks um, and it's not the favorite loans of, of, of some other mortgage investment entities. So we love supporting Canadians with short-term uh, residential lending requirements. And uh, what we what we do today in terms of the majority of how we lend is supporting real estate investors uh, who flip houses by renovate and sell or, or burr houses by renovate, rent, refinance, and ideally repeat. Yeah. Well, and I had heard your name around here. I had heard the company name around here. I know you've dealt with some mortgage brokers through this area. And I think that's how we ended up sort of connecting. Um, so you're obviously helping people in Ontario, even though you guys aren't in Ontario. Yeah, we're we're supporting um, people throughout Ontario and Alberta. Um, right now, uh, today, about sixty percent of our lending is happening in Alberta. Um, just a different market where we're more comfortable um, with the fundamentals in Alberta. Um, but but certainly. Um, where our focus is and and over time when when we have more market captured we should be probably four to one ontario versus alberta um over time but but yeah we're, we're very comfortable lending yeah. in alberta or sorry lending in ontario and we love supporting ontarians while our office is not we don't have a a a ontario office um we have analysts that do valuations in ontario we have um a lot of boots on the ground in the form of mortgage brokers who we do a lot of business with, um, our, our legal representation. Um, uh, we have valuators that, that, that are there. So we don't have a physical office presence, but we do have, uh, yeah. a lot of our people there representing us. Okay. So and we're going to get to like you as an investor and, and, and the concept of investing in a MIC, um, all that stuff. Uh, but a, anyone who comes on the show, it's obviously, you know, that that's obviously one of the qualifications is we're going to we're going to talk about you being an investor. But tell me a little bit about why people uh, would choose to borrow from you. Like what what's your angle? What's your sales pitch? If you're talking to investors uh, or brokers, you are saying, hey, deal with us. Yeah. So, again, the pitch is pretty straightforward. Um, if you need short term money, we want to support it. Now, we may not always be the best option. Um mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, banks can act quickly uh, and 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 fund a deal, but typically we're lending to borrowers, uh, flippers, real estate investors who the house is um, uh, has a lot of deferred maintenance. And just mm -hmm. from a risk perspective, when the bank sees that value uh, appraisal report, they're not interested in supporting that. So we right. love that type of stuff. Um, also, short term, like a lot of these flippers, sometimes they'll go to their banks um, and they'll do one or two loans through the bank. And then the bank catches on that wow, this 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 borrower is paying me out every four, five, six, seven, eight months. Um, that doesn't work for them, so they'll 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 stop supporting that activity where we love it. Um, and then in a lot of instances, we are really good at 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 funding deals quickly. Um, so we have amazing underwriters that we empower to make decisions at this. I like to call it at the speed of business. Um, we've empowered them to do that in that. Um, we don't use third-party appraisers often. Typically, we we have valuators that work for us, um, uh, designated appraisers, and they do valuations uh, the same way an appraiser would do it, a direct comparison approach to value, looking at 
you know, the, 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 the most similar house as it relates to style and geography and, 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 and time sold. And we'll do our valuations there, which, which is a real competitive advantage for us. So um, a lot of these real estate investors need money yesterday and, and we're able to accommodate that. Um, and then yeah, other like, instances, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was just, I was just going to ask you, I mean, time, time frame wise, like uh, obviously a big, big benefit of using private money, or, I mean, I guess you guys aren't completely private money, but you're not institutional the same way a bank is, um, is, is the flexibility of timing. And yep. then of course I want to get into, you know, size of loans and loan to values and all that stuff. But how, how quickly can you guys get a deal done? If somebody comes to you, we turn deals like, like literally tomorrow. Um, and the reason I say literally is a lot of lenders say they quick turnaround, um, but but we can fund the deal tomorrow in uh, in Ontario. So we can underwrite it today. We can send the commitment letter, send mm -hmm. the instructions to the lawyer. And as long as the lawyer um, can move at that same speed of business, mm -hmm. uh, the deal can fund tomorrow. In, in, in Alberta, we can fund it today um, just because in Alberta, um, the law society here doesn't require us to have two different lawyers. So we just instruct the borrower's lawyer mm -hmm. and, um, that allows us to, 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 to fund almost immediately. So that's something really unique. Um, and, and again, what enables us to do that is, is our underwriters, our valuators, and also we have, um, in-house legal administration, mm -hmm. uh, that is unique and, um, uh, allows us to fund deals very quick. Yeah, I mean, lawyers are going to be the bottleneck in, in that uh, circumstance because very few lawyers are going to get instructions and close a deal the same day. Um, but that's actually super, super useful. So what kind of projects are you open to? Is it is it just residential? I know you obviously that's a big piece of it. Are you are you doing industrial? Are you doing commercial? Give me the Yeah, scoop. it's um. so so I, 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 I also we need to touch on another reason they come to us is low money down. Um, mm -hmm. We have a product where in Ontario, you can borrow with as little as $20,000 down um, subject to its profitability. So we'll we'll probably want to touch on that a bit more, but let's go into yeah. what we support. Um, it's residential. Uh, we do do multifamily, um, but it's not our go-to. Like we're simple and we believe that we best manage risk by staying simple. And there is more than enough business on the call it residential four units and under um, for us to grow and and support Canadians that we don't have to venture off into development, um, bigger multifamily uh, building. So we love short term buy, renovate, and sell. Uh, you know, reno budget typically range from fifty to one hundred and fifty grand. Renos typically take one to three months. And borrowers are out of our loans in in a matter of seven months, and and we believe we best manage risk by by sticking to that. Now we do see an opportunity um, because of the market dynamics in Canada to support this type of activity on the multifamily, and we're learning as we go. Right now, we're doing a lot of that business in Calgary and Edmonton. We don't because we don't understand Ontario as well. We've we've not built the right product where we can support it, but we're vanilla single family residential mid to lower half of the market. We don't like high end stuff. High end stuff decreases in value quickly. High end stuff becomes illiquid in, in, in uh, when economic uncertainty and also typically high end stuff buyers want to do their own renovations or, or tear down the house and do their own thing. Whereas mm -hmm. mid to lower end, you can get away with yeah. uh, 
your classic builder's grade renovations. So your average loan size in Ontario is what? Like a million, million and a half, something like that? Or oh, our average loan size in Ontario is uh, right now 550 grand. 550? Okay. Yeah. So, so like, not, not Toronto flips, more... Um, not Toronto yeah. flips. And we haven't, yeah. we would love to see the opportunity for more Toronto flips, but what we're seeing is kind of everything outside of like Kitchener, mm-hmm. Waterloo, Guelph, London, yeah, um, Hamilton. Um, but like right now in our whole book of, we have about 300 million out. We only have four loans above a million bucks. Wow. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. So yeah. And I guess it makes sense. Like, cause not a lot of, uh, I think flippers or even Burr like investors in, in my network like if you have the option to do it with with lower cost like single family homes you're probably going to it's not until yeah. you get into the multi-families then you know then you're going to get into millions out but we're talking you know maybe 10 20 units where it really makes sense to do that of course if you yeah, guys like seven yeah. seven months you're not you're not going to be invested for seven months on those because even just like to stabilize and go to an institution it takes time to uh to get the refinance done yeah yeah, but we yeah. like I said, we are seeing opportunity. Like CMHC built a product specifically to support that type of business. We're perfect to come in, let them uh, yeah. do some renovation, stabilize rent, really increase yeah. the value, and then exit into that high leverage, low cost CMHC loan. Like we're seeing our borrowers literally walk away with uh, not not profit per se, but I guess you can consider it profit in, in, in that when they refinance, uh, they're literally walking away with cash in their jeans. So it's something that we're paying a lot of attention to, but again, we, we like to be very strategic and stay within, um, as tight of parameters as possible. What we've seen is as we push those parameters, we're not, we don't have the same expertise and in turn we're inviting risk. So why invite risk if there's more than enough business um, within our current right. strategy. Yeah. And, and that's why like what, what you're offering is obviously a tool that certain investors are going to be able to use. Um, it's, it's not the solution to every problem, but it, you know, if, if you're, if you're doing the, that type of project, uh, it might just make sense. So loan value said you might go as high as, as, um, well, I guess it'd be over 90% if you're 20 grand down. Yeah. The way we look at the way we look at loan to value is, is for the, for the real estate investors, um, it's important, but the most important thing is profitability. So when our underwriter sees a deal, they'll, 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 they'll take a look at the budget. They'll understand the borrower's capacity to execute the, the, the plan, right? Like mm-hmm. they'll literally spend time interviewing them, uh, understanding what their level of expertise is, who they're using for trades, what kind of research they've done just to make sure that yes, there's success. And then provided there is success, typically very rarely are we at or above 75% of the after repaired value. The only time or the only time we're above that is when it's like a whole like like where they're barely doing any work at like like literally tidying it up maybe 5 grand worth of 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 paint and cosmetic and then putting it back out to the market within days. That's when we'll 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 get up to you know that 75 to 80% after repaired value. Yeah. Um but in general like Right now, our the average loan to value in our book is fifty eight percent, fifty nine percent loan to value. That's uh, based on after repaired value, though, um, or or even averaging throughout the process because you're only advancing yeah, as, like, yeah, as works. Yeah, so 
So the the real estate investor business, which is about 70% of our book right now, the bulk of that will be valued at after repaired. Um, because we're we're literally providing the money for the business case. Mm-hmm. Um so so just to recap this, like you have people coming in, potentially only putting 20 grand down, but they're capable of executing a renovation and then they're getting all of their the money they put in uh in construction draws basically. So they're getting construction draws back to them throughout or not doing it that way. No, that we're unique in that we make them have the mo- like we force them to have the money to do the rentals and carry our costs. So okay. so they got to have enough money to reno and and Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. So, so you're gonna lend. You're gonna lend the AR uh, on the ARV, but yes. are you and you are advancing everything you're going to advance up front. Day one, we advance it all, mm-hmm. and okay. then and then they prior to day one, um, they're showing us the money, bank account, yeah. lines of credit, credit cards. Um, yeah. We're happy to joint venture as long as like they can Like we do a lot of work to make sure the cash is real and it's there, um, and yeah. and then. And then they just go and execute. Okay. Okay. So, so an example might be, let's just say there's a hypothetical hundred thousand dollar house. Uh, you guys think it might be worth $200,000 when it's done. Is that, is that, uh, you know, say it needs 20 grand in renovations and it's worth $200,000. How do you look at that deal? Yeah. Um, Let's use a more real. Can I use more realistic numbers? Use realistic it, numbers. You give me some numbers. Paint yeah. paint the same picture you're painting. Uh, sure. Buyer buyer has a property. Typically, it's off market, right? Through a wholesaler, they've generated it themselves. They've they found this property. They can they can they got it under contract for six hundred. Um, they're gonna put sixty k into it. Mm-hmm. When it's done, it's gonna be worth eight hundred. Um, we will lend we will lend them five eighty. So they put their they put their twenty grand in. They'll show us that they have the sixty. Yeah. Let's say this is a let's say this is a um, uh, six month turn. Uh, they're gonna have to show us that they have the ability to 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 service our debt, to pay utilities, to pay insurance, all that. So let's say that totals another sixty grand. So they're gonna show us that they have one twenty sitting in an account or or a line of credit that's ready to deploy to execute this program. But most importantly. When we've valued it, we believe that the AR the after repaired value is eight hundred. And quick math, they're making let's call it seventy grand net net. Like like after everything, we yeah. want that deal. We want to support the borrower to do that deal, provided again we trust them with our capital. So that's yeah a really okay. That's a that's a that's a generic example of what we would see in um, let's say London. London, Ontario. Okay. So in, in what's that deal? What's that costing the borrower if they're doing that deal in London, Ontario? Typically? Um, so with 20 grand down, it's their most expensive uh, financing. Um, always we charge 2%. So that's just getting added onto the mortgage. Um, oh, it's added we, to. We added to. Yeah. We take yeah. our fees when they exit. Uh, okay. But that 2%, whether it comes through a mortgage broker or directly to us is the same. So we 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 built the level playing field where the broker is not at a disadvantage whether the borrower coming from, uh, to us direct or not. Oh, okay. So uh, you guys compensate the brokers. Yeah, we 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 split that two uh, yeah. percent with the broker one and one. Okay. Um. So two percent fee, and then our rate on that would be seventeen uh, percent. Um. The the term would be six month fully open interest only payments. Uh. So. 
the way that a lot of our borrowers look at it, they're going to get rid of us in six months. They're going to be paying uh, a total of eight and a half to us for that mortgage. Yeah, you don't want to be holding on to that money for a long time. Boy, man, that's expensive. <laughs> no, absolutely yeah. not. Now, now, obviously, now it's can... for a strategic reason, right? Like, and and I've paid that much before. Like, you, you know, you, you do it if you if you need to, uh, or if it's if it's taking you to a specific uh, end goal. Yeah, yeah, and 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 prior to this um, interest rate environment, it was down to thirteen nine, but we've it, we've had to increase our costs um but 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 on that side uh so that same borrower if they want to put 25 percent down and reduce our risk we'll do the same loan except for at uh, 9.9 today oh okay so way way less if they if they put down uh 25 percent yeah they can de-risk us and put like after 25 percent it's always nine nine so our, our our least expensive money today is nine nine two percent fees um, and still, then it goes yeah, up nine nine yeah. And yeah, and the okay. way that the way that we position it, the way that I would pitch it is um this is a this the the low money down is is great for um people who don't have the capital yet, yet they have the expertise. So mm -hmm. let's say a tradesperson, 25-year-old, knows what he or she is doing, but hasn't built up enough money where they can where they can put that amount into the into the down payment to access that less expensive money. Right. Another really good example is you got you got you know Andrew who's flipping, he's got a bunch of money deployed, um, he's managing his cash, but there's there's a bunch coming back, but it's not here today. He finds the next deal where he can make seventy grand, yet he doesn't have the twenty five percent down. He's putting the twenty grand down, mm -hmm. allowing him to still make the seventy. Like like the the delta on the nine nine and the seventeen. Mm -hmm. for six months we're talking i think about 6k so yeah you're making you're making 70 grand it's rather than 76 grand it, it's typically a no-brainer and the hardest yeah. part of our borrowers business is finding the deal so we enable them to, to to move once they find it yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense so yeah at the end of the day it's all it's all dollars and cents right if, if somebody uh, wants to do a deal uh, they should know what their numbers are and and they should know what their profit level is. So if if it's an extra six grand, but they know there's seventy on the table, it's a no brainer. And you know, I've had people when I tell them what I've paid on certain loans, especially earlier when I was getting started, like, "Whoa, you paid that much?" I'm like, "But I made this much. Like that was what it was about." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the entrepreneurs, the entrepreneurs, and those that are going to be successful in this business can can understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the people that watch HGTV, no, they talk to their mortgage yeah. broker, think they're getting 2.9%. And mm -hmm. then they're like, oh, why doesn't my deal work? Because I'm paying an extra 10 grand in financing. Well, that shouldn't make or break your deal. Yeah. It might not be the deal for you. If, if the financing change is going to be your, you know, breaking your deal. Um, I actually just went over, this is very on point for today. I just went over a deal with somebody today and it's just like, there's not enough meat on the bone. Like you, you got to find a way to put more meat on the bone. Otherwise this deal is not a deal I would do. Um, right. Yeah. So that that's key. So this is going to make a lot of sense uh, for for people who are in the flipping biz, doing you know doing flips in that price range uh, to to consider. So you guys will consider over a million dollar loan value. You just don't really get into it much. Yeah. Once you get yeah exactly. Once you get over eight hundred grand, mm -hmm. then then we we uh, we make you put at least five percent down. Um, okay. And then once you get over a mill, we make you put ten percent down. Uh, but we'll do that business. Um, it's just again because of 
the nature of the business. Not many sharp investors are looking for that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that the main reason you don't see a ton of it is because a lot of investors, including myself, want to have good contingencies and you also don't want to be super highly leveraged on one project, right? I'd rather spread that spread that money over a couple of projects rather than totally. have it all into one. So I think that that mentality is yeah. there, but then you still have people who are flipping houses in Toronto and crushing it. So, uh, you know, there, there's a mix out there, but I would say there's more of, of the, the former, you know, the people who like to spread it around. So yeah, and yeah, don't thought, get me wrong, we would love to support that stuff. Yeah. So is as long as we have as long as the borrower is making money and we have trust in them to execute, we want to figure out how to support them. Yeah. Okay, very cool. So yeah, I, I mean I, I really did want to have have a a lender on, right? I never really had a, a lender per se. We've had brokers, uh, you know, talk a little bit here and there. Uh, but you know, getting your perspectives is uh, is good for the podcast because I think a lot of people who have never had a conversation with a lender, they're going to kind of get a feel for what that's uh, what that's like. So I, I did want to to dig into a little bit more of the MIC concept, how your business works, uh, because I want people to you know who maybe aren't necessarily interested in the borrowing to to uh you know get something out of this as well so tell me a little bit about the mix structure how that how this came to be how it came to be in your journey and uh and we'll go from there yeah sure so how how our mic came to be was um 45 years ago our founder everett keller um, was a mortgage broker and back then the bulk of mortgage brokering that was being done was on the alternative private side of business Mm -hmm. Um, he had clients that were, uh, two CFL players and in the off season, they would flip homes and it was a nightmare for him to find capital and, and to, and to explain to these private lenders why these are such good deals. Mm -hmm. Um, so fast forward five years, 1981, um, he and another gentleman, uh, founded Calvert Home Mortgage Investment Corporation, the MIC, um, with the goal of supporting mostly short term and and again these these real estate investors um for the first long time they didn't they 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 grew but at a at a very uh manageable pace and and typically that growth was they would just reinvest their money into the fund and watch it compound and back then it was compounding at like 15 16 17% a year uh, cause they were running so lean. It was so small. And, and also the interest rate environment in the eighties was so big that yeah. they were charging like 20, 25%. Um, so, so, so Everett is still with the company in the form of, he's the chairman of our board. Um, his two sons, Dean and Dale, Dean is our president and CEO. He started working with Everett 26 years ago, Dale 23 years ago. When, when Dean started working, he said, yeah, this is, I, I like the business. It's for me. Um, but it's for me if, if, if we can grow this, if it's not just dad and another guy's money, we want to support, uh, at the time more Calgarians in terms of lending. And we want to support more Calgarians in the, in the terms of, uh, providing an investment option. Um, so, uh, so, since then, um, we've we've grown to where we we had a high of three hundred thirty million dollars of assets under management. My journey, um, I moved to Calgary after university. I, I grew up in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Went to university in Ontario. Moved out to Calgary in two thousand seven uh, with a uh, with a bachelor of commerce, majoring in financing, wanting to trade. Um, 
uh, and I had a job with a proprietary trading firm. But while I was doing that, I was bartending at this steakhouse in Cal- Calgary Beltline and met this husband and wife couple that were doing syndicated mortgage lending and was was super intrigued. It was at the time where like there was there was enough news about the mortgage market in the States and the cracks were showing. And I was more curious about like, like what is the, I wanted to roll up my sleeves and understand how risky this stuff was. But as I started to understand, I'm like, wow, it's really good business. It's backed by an asset. Um, the downside risk is is very palatable, um, especially versus the vapor that can be the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I started working for them. I started I started consulting and then and then working full time. And then fast forward eight years, we're looking to uh, buy into the company. We couldn't agree to terms. I knew the Keller family and Calverts during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked together on many industry boards, uh, and 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 I through that we became friends and built a lot of trust and uh when when it didn't work out with my with my idea to to buy into the company i was with um dean said what did you what would you think about working with us and uh and at that time uh again eight years ago uh it was it was a good option it was a bit of a risk because there wasn't a clear path to ownership luckily i've uh exceeded expectations and and, and built that for myself but so we we've grown from that time from 40 million to 330 million and and see a lot of future in again what we're doing is helping Canadians with short term lending focusing on this real estate investor stuff one of the biggest um one of the biggest factors in today's market is the lack of supply and the mm-hmm. amount of demand that's there today and coming through immigration so we see a lot of um we see a lot of potential to grow this what 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 we're doing is basically our borrowers are taking underutilized um, housing stock, mm-hmm. and 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 building it into something that is marketable. And in a lot of instances, they're building, um, they're also increasing inventory because they're they're uh, densifying it with with up down duplex or in GTA now mm-hmm. where there's an easier path to increase density. We think that uh, we look forward to helping borrowers with that as well. Yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously so much potential in Canada across the board just because of the immigration factor. That's that's one of the things when you know people are asking me what my predictions of what's going to happen to the market. It's it's like yeah, there are some reasons why we could see values keep coming down. Uh, of course, interest rates being part of that, but the uh, the other side of it is like how can it stay down when you just keep throwing so many people that need need places to live and new construction has slowed since since the higher rate environment right so yeah. now we have equal number or more people still coming into the country but we're even less new units when we could only do about two hundred thousand housing starts at capacity and uh yeah so it's going to be an interesting uh future not to not to change topics here because i do want to stay focused on on you and your journey because um you made the decision to invest into a MIC ultimately, right? So are you're in the pool of funds basically that's being deployed? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the pool of funds, um, as are the bulk of our employees. So the way that we reward, um, performance is, is predominantly through the return that we provide to shareholders. Our employees are bonused up on that and they have an option, um, to invest Invest some of that bonus into our, into our fund. So my wife and I, um, my wife's uh, engineer, computer scientist in oil and gas, um, but the bulk of our financial net worth is is in the fund. Mm-hmm. Um, we also we also uh, have chosen to 
do some early stage investment through ca- kind of venture capital type lending. I'm I'm yeah. I'm a business junkie. I'm a deal junkie. I love uh, hearing good stories and backing those. And then we have just a vanilla kind of global equity fund that we participate in. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's basically the way so that you're I an equities it, guy, I, right? I, I know this business. I know the risk intimately. Yeah. Um, I'm super comfortable and confident. So we're going to continue to um, pile as much of our investable assets into the fund is, is, is my long-term strategy. I know, you know, the advisors say I'm out of my mind and yeah, the eggs in one basket approach. Well, it's not really one. I know you're in a couple other things too, as you mentioned, but, uh, so it is a, an equity fund that's, that's the structure of a MIC. Basically your people who buy into it are buying equity units. Is that right? Yeah. They're they're, We refer to them as uh, their equity units, um, preferred shares. Preferred shares. Um, Okay. Yeah. What's, what's interesting is typically within the MIC, you're, you're not going to get rich or poor off the value of the units, right? Mm-hmm. The, the value of the units essentially are are based off of how much money you have out into the market. Right. Okay. Um, and when we when we grow our fund, we just issue new units. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> they're not dilutive. Um, okay. So for example, our our share price has been within one and a half, one percent of $103 for 13 years. Um, where the, where the investor is going to make money is through our distributions, um, in the form of interest income, our distributions are offered on an annual basis. Uh, so they're paid out annually. Pardon? Paid out annually. Yeah. Some mix are, are, are monthly. Some mix are quarterly. Um, we like the annual model for a few reasons. It allows us to have greater predictability within our fund. It allows us to compound those returns. So last year, you know, we, we earned, um, almost thirty million dollars, and that adds up as we're as we're not having yeah. to raise more money or or use bank debt. Oh can yeah, compound that not paying out but monthly also, is 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 hugely advantageous. Yeah, yeah, but also the way that like mixer mixer illiquid in a they're illiquid, right? Like our money is against mortgages. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's private mix. Sorry, yes, there's public mix. Yes, there's mix that 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 offer that that offer um distrib or distributions and redemptions anytime but in the event of economic armageddon there we're how do you how do you provide liquidity where all our money is into mortgages so we take that into consideration and also mm-hmm. the type of investor we want is somebody who's who's prepared to be with us long term and yeah. is not looking to exit our loan uh in 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 the event of market or sorry yeah. in the event of short term market fluctuations so I, I gave you the uh, the opportunity to pitch why people should borrow from you. Why should people lend to you? Like, what's your pitch on that end? Or do you even do that side of the business? Even if you don't, give me um, that pitch. No, that's what bo- the the bulk of what I so what I do as vice president of business development is is firstly support an amazing team of of salespeople, business development people, and marketing people. Um, salespeople in the form of underwriting, business development in the form of growing new relationships. Uh, but but that is also on the fundraise side. I I I love working with our shareholders and uh, manage that part of the business, um, and manage it more and more because of how unique it is in terms of a, a role. So um, why do people invest in us? People invest in us because of um, the easiest way to boil it down is our our above average risk adjusted returns. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a cop-out answer, but we have 41 years of history. We have 
really great governance. Um, we have an independent board of directors. The only non-independent is Everett Keller, our founder. Um, our reporting is on the level of 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 public company reporting, and in some instances gotcha. above that. Um, our our money is right alongside our shareholders. Um, we have some really great partners in the form of uh, we use bank debt. Um, so bank debt is hard to get. Like like it doesn't you know not any fund or lender can access prime money to yeah. lever up the return. So you guys so, can borrow from the yeah. banks. Yeah, yeah. So that in and of itself That's is amazing. is uh, I think a big governance thing. Like they're looking at our underwriting. We're reporting to them. Uh, our portfolio metrics on a monthly basis. They're coming in on an annual basis and auditing, just like our financial auditors are doing. So there's a lot of checks and balances mm-hmm. and, and and validity within that. And then we have a great group of shareholders who are sophisticated individuals, family offices, and fund managers um, that that gives confidence to to others. But uh, the performance um, has been, I think, amazing. Where. Yeah. Over the last 10 years, we're above a 10% average return. Um, over the history, we're above 13%. Yeah. Um, we've, we have a really uh, experienced management team. Like we've been, so being a lender in Alberta, where we've only been lending in Ontario for three and a half years, okay. we've managed huge swings in the market. And yeah. I think that's where you can test the metal of these lenders is, is how have they, what have they managed through in terms of difficulty? And yeah. and we managed the financial crisis. We managed through oil price collapses. We managed through mm-hmm. huge fluctuations in values. And we just did it in Ontario, where um, there's probably still some risk on the books in terms of what we lent during the peak. But it's only like four percent of our our book right now. And um, we were able to. Yes, we had some arrears. Yes, we had more losses than we had in the last three years. But we were still able to work with our borrowers mitigate losses and produce a um our, our year end was february 28th produce a 10.76 percent return to our shareholders okay yeah i'm glad you threw that in there um because i was going to ask you yeah what what and it's just a targeted return there's no there's no guaranteed return on those preferred shares no the the, the way that i put it i like to try to set the bar low and exceed expectations but today the way we're lending the way we're structured um when i'm talking to a new shareholder or even a current shareholder we're looking to hit an eight to ten percent return, mm-hmm. um, but but really where we're focused on is managing the downside. We want to protect mm-hmm. our capital first and foremost, and then hit that eight to ten. Um, um, that 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 could go up depending on market fundamentals and and how our business is operating. But we're doing a great. We're doing what we expect to do if you're if our shareholders are getting returned eight to ten percent. Um, we've been fortunate to be able to have exceeded that on average. Um, and if it's below eight, there's probably something going on in the business and the market. And it's, it, it will be reflected mm-hmm. in our management discussion and analysis and our message to shareholders that we produce on a quarterly basis. Yeah, there's, there's a huge amount of administration to what you're talking about. So I don't think anyone, you know, the average person is probably not going to go out and start their own MIC with those kind of reporting requirements. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. There are barriers to entry because of that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how well, how big is your operation? Like, how many people um, are there? Right now, we have forty one employees and a handful of consultants. We use um, mm-hmm. we we use some r- right now as it relates to consultants. We're using a strategic consultant, 
um, called Results Canada. We're using a financial strategic consultant called Stoyevsky McGill. Um, we have an innovation consultant. We try to backfill kind of with 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 best in class experts, our management team, mm-hmm. um, and then we really put a lot of uh, resources towards that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it sounds like you guys are obviously putting the pieces in place to to be dominant in your market, which you must be in in your area, one of the biggest, if not the biggest. Yes, yeah, the size of our book makes us um, well. I, I would say mid tier. Like you mid-tier. have you have a couple that are that are up in the high hundred million dollar going mm-hmm. into billions, um, and then you have a number of us that are six of us that are between call it 200 and 400 mm-hmm. and then you have a ton particularly in ontario and bc that are like 10 20 50 yeah lots of mix around mil. here yeah a lot and and it was because a lot of it was because the barriers to entry in ontario and bc were a lot less like we we become we became regulated by the securities commission mixed it in alberta back in 2010 and the reporting requirements, the insurance requirements, the capital requirements really created consolidation within our, our industry. And that hasn't happened until recently in Ontario and okay. BC. So I think you'll see some of that. And also what makes me strategically think you'll see some of that is, is a lot of these operators have been in business during good times and they built their risk models and, and underwriting around good times. So uh, yeah. Depending on how long this downturn goes, um, they might feel some pain, and there may be some consolidation there where they decide to to, to partner up or sell out or whatever mm-hmm. it looks like. But I think I I think that's something that we're keeping our eye on is that consolidation. Yeah. So you're looking for maybe some opportunity to buy some up, or uh, or do you just you just always think looking, you're going to win? Always it? looking for opportunity, but because yeah, because of how unique we are with that short term focus. Yeah. Not many are doing it, right? Like they're doing your more just almost yeah. bankable loan. Mm-hmm. They're competing on price. Uh, and that's great business, but mm-hmm. it's not what we built our business off of. Okay. Um, are you, uh, so just kind of shifting gears again, do you do any of the actual like real estate investing yourself or you just like to stick to the funds? Yeah. I, again, like the way that I look at it is, and I see these opportunities, like I see your clients making 50, 100, 150 during two years ago, like quarter yeah. million bucks for nothing. And I'm like, oh man, it's it's so good. I should get into it. But I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that less is more and that I can just stick to my path yeah. that's worked, compound my 10%, yeah. grow my business. Like, like my time is better spent working with the next family office finding the next amazing broker. Yeah, yeah growing, growing that business. Yeah. Growing that. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Like I get distracted easily, mm-hmm. but I have to remind myself that 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 this is what works. Here's where my expertise yeah. lies and here's where I should be devoting my yeah. time and resources. But we have a number of, of, of um, like a lot of our employees were attracted to us because of what we do and they're real estate investors. So uh, yeah. So we do well, you're support in the space. that. It's super useful. Yeah. It's super useful to go work for somebody like you, learn what the requirements are, learn how you guys assess deals. Those are skills. Like those are skills that can now be applied. If somebody likes to flip their houses themselves, they can now go out and apply those skills and, and know how to structure a profitable deal. Um, totally. I mean, that was a big reason I got into mortgage brokering. It was I wanted to learn real estate investing and I figured it would help me. And 
It definitely did. I met some good people through doing that. Um, so looking at your company then in your equity stake, obviously you're not just in the preferred shares. You have you have some equity as well, some common shares in that company or how does that work? Yeah. So ARC, like we have, we have preferred shares, then we have voting shares. Yeah. Um, the voting shares are worth the exact same dollar amount as the preferred shares uh, until there, if, if the, unless there were to be a liquidity event. Okay. So um, I, I, I do have uh, voting shares. Yeah. Um, and the only way they're worth more than $103 a share is if we were to sell and there were to be a premium beyond NAV when we sold. Right. That's when they would be of, of material value to me. Um, we don't plan to sell. Uh, yeah. We plan to, uh, it, yeah. Well, you're we, talking we, about we growing, right? So, I mean, I'm just trying to get at the, mo- the motivation to do that, right? Because eventually you do want your shares to probably be worth more, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The more we grow, the better we grow our book, the better people we put in place and systems, the more mm-hmm. those voting shares could be worth. And yeah. again, we see a long time horizon for that. And and also thinking about it selfishly from our perspective, even if we did sell, then we got to do something with our money. Mm-hmm. And I'm very comfortable compounding it yeah. with, with our risk at 10%. So yeah, I don't know. And, you know, as the market rates change, like maybe your, your rate will go back up again, right? Like, you know, kind of like you guys saw in the eighties, uh, hopefully not for everyone, not that high, but, uh, but yeah, obviously the market will adjust, um, you know, with, with bank rates too. So, okay. Well, yeah, I thought it'd be really cool to, uh, to kind of discuss both sides of that because not everybody wants to be an active investor. I mean, some people are just looking for that passive place to put money and, and specifically, um, some of the professionals that watch this show where they're just too busy to be an active investor. So, uh, it was cool to see both sides of that. Uh, Jesse, if people wanted to um, learn more, what information should we leave them with? So if people want to learn more, uh, borrowers are best served, like real estate investors or, or mortgage brokers are best served to go to our website, uh, chmic.ca. Uh, we we focused on building this out to make it firstly uh, a learning resource. So there's a ton of content mm-hmm. on there, economic reports. We're reporting on Alberta and Ontario residential economics on a monthly basis. Case studies, tips for flips. We have a flip analyzer that's free. It's on there. So website is amazing to go to. Uh, on the website, you can find my underwriters. Uh, you can submit a deal directly through it. That's the place to go. Uh, Instagram, Calvert Home Mortgage. We, again, focus on on engaging with our audience through education. Um for our for prospective shareholders, uh, we don't have much information on investing, um, so they'll want to reach out to me uh, directly, uh, Jesse at chmic.ca. Uh, I have three other fundraisers within the company. Dean, our president and CEO, um, handles uh, some accounts, as does Garrett Labar and Ryan Day. So um, feel free to reach out to them as well. Um, but, uh, call is best. Like we, we have an 800 number. Um, we, we pride ourselves on a human always answering your call. And then not only that human answering your call, but who you want to talk to will be around. We have really good redundancy and expertise within our company. So, uh, phone number 888-752-4642. Please reach out. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'll include some of that in the uh, the show notes of this episode. And I didn't mean to to graze over it uh, because, I mean, there are a lot of people who raise funds for different reasons and different different methodology. If you're giving advice to somebody who is, you know, kind of starting to raise some of their own funds, what would some words of wisdoms, uh, wisdom, you know, you would have for them be? 
uh, to raise their own funds to deploy into an investment? Yeah, like we have people who raise funds internally for for what they're doing. I mean, I know that's uh, different from what you guys are doing, but you guys are in the fundraising business too, right? Yeah. But yeah. you're, you know, you've also been around a real long time, like 40, 40 plus years. Is this like all old connections? Is it like family money coming in? Or do you have just new people coming in from different areas? We have new people all the time, um, but it is we again. I go back to our network. We have an amazing network, and when we when we're looking for funds, we call on them first, mm-hmm. and then typically they'll refer us because we've built such a strong connected. and have yeah. a track record. They'll refer us, but but right now I'm I'm working with fund managers it is kind of where I think I can we can get a lot of um, uh, makes a lot of sense for us to go as we grow this thing. So you're getting equity and, fund managers to put place money with you guys. Yes. Yeah. That's and, that's interesting. And yeah, these, and these are net new calls. Even even the banks, right? Like mm-hmm. we're reaching out to the banks to make sure that we have, ideally, every large Canadian bank knowing about our story and ready to participate if 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 there's an opportunity. And they would so, be lending but, to but, you but, as debt, though, at a prescribed rate. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. But um, from from for the fundraise side of things, I think I think two really good things. Um, good fences make good neighbors. So documented. You're going to protect yourself. You're going to protect your investor. Yeah. Um, and when you're starting out, yeah, it's easy. Granny, granny, let's let's put some money in, yeah. and and you just do it on a handshake. Um, that's fast, but it's not always the right thing to do because then sure. it 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 leaves it up for interpretation. It leaves yeah. it up for conflict. Um, so so good fences make good neighbors. Spend the extra. Mm-hmm. Two thousand bucks to get a to get a good agreement in place with the lawyer. You don't need to use the best lawyer in the world, especially when you're starting out. But you do need to to, to document yeah. and then disclose, right? Like, here's what's happening. Here's how I'm using your money. Here's what your returns are going to be, and and yeah. or here's what your returns have been. Like, make it really clear mm-hmm. and transparent. Um, transparency is something I think vital in building trust and vital in doing good business. And where we see. Uh, I, I've been doing this for 16 years and where I see things blow up is when it's done on trust and yeah. there's, there's discrepancy and who heard what yeah. um, there's a lack of disclosure and it's uh, it just, it just doesn't hold the partnership accountable. Yeah. It's, it's definitely important to, to put things down on paper uh, even more so when you're working with new, new people. But I mean, of course here in, in Ontario, you know, if you're raising money, you got to follow it. Pay attention to all the rules, you know, friends and family, if you're getting your exemptions and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, you, you definitely want to document it. I agree. That's that's really important. I'm certainly guilty of, you know, we've done things on handshakes in the past, but and I've been fortunate in that regard. But then again, like I, that's not the way I continue to do things. I, I like to get it in writing. So, all right. Very cool, Jesse. Appreciate you taking the time and uh, kind of introducing this new concept to the show. And uh, yeah, I'll look forward to uh, hopefully meeting you face to face one day. Yeah, we'll have to do it in person next time. Thank you. And thanks to all your listeners. Hopefully I provided some value. Yeah, you did. Okay, well, thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk soon. There are a lot of people out there talking about the infinite banking strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them. To find out what it's all about and if it's a fit for you, visit controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines, where my audience can gain exclusive access to books, podcasts, and webinars tailor-made for real estate investors.